0: Welcome to the Panema Wellness Podcast. I'm Yona Chatsanoff, Registered Nurse, Women's Health Educator, and Bodeka Tara, and I am passionate about educating and empowering from women in their search for health and well-being. In this podcast, we explore health topics in a sensitive and practical way, answer questions, and discover new ideas and perspectives from other From women like ourselves. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey to learn new information in a safe and curious space. Hey ladies, today we are going to talk about IUDs. There is so much to say on this topic. I actually typed up most of the information about a year ago, but the amount of material was too daunting, so I've decided I'll be splitting it into two podcasts. We'll go question by question so it's easier to keep the information straight. And before we start, if anyone is fuzzy on anatomy, like where is my uterus or what is my cervix, check out one of my very first blog posts. At FromWomen'sHealth.com, that's women's, plural, with an E, where there's a short, clear Anatomy 101 lesson that I put together. I hope you'll find it helpful. Okay, so what is an IUD? An IUD is an intrauterine device. Generally, it's a small, T shaped object that's inserted with a straw like applicator through the donut hole of the cervix. It sits up at the top of the uterus and when in place, the arms extend to the sides to keep it secure. What are the two main types of IUD? What do they have in Israel and what do they have in the United States? There are two primary types, copper and progesterone. They work in different ways, which leads to the pros and cons for each, which we'll talk about more in the next podcast. Both types of IUD are available in the United States and in Israel and we'll cover that more later. In short, copper works primarily as a spermicide. It basically inactivates the sperm so they can't reach the fallopian tubes and fertilize an ovum. It prevents fertilization for the most part. All the effects are entirely local within the uterus. Hormonal IUDs contain progestin that's why they're also known as progesterone IUDs and the progestin that they contain is similar to the progesterone which our bodies produce, which causes cervical mucus to become thicker so sperm can't enter the upper reproductive system. It also causes some changes in the endometrium, the lining of the uterus, so that a fertilized ovum would be unable to implant. Lastly, the high dosage progesterone IUDs cause some women not to ovulate. How effective are IUDs? Both types are over 99% effective. Plus, there's nothing to remember day to day or week to week. So once they're in, they're impossible for the user to mess up, which is not the case for the other highly dependable methods of contraception that most women are familiar with. And kind of that exist. How do I get an IUD and what do they cost? So IUDs are inserted at the doctor's office, depending on a few factors like where you are in the world, what insurance you use, the office might order the IUD for you or you might be asked to pick it up from your pharmacy and bring it to your insertion appointment. The cost can vary pretty widely. In the United States, some insurances will cover it completely. Others will have a pricey copay and when there's a copay, you may be able to get what's called copay assistance where the manufacturer of the IUD covers what your insurance will not. So it's a really good idea to ask your provider if they have information on how to access that. Again, that's called copay assistance. In Israel, different coupotes have some differences in cost, but generally you'll have to pay the cost of the device and then the cost for insertion. Higher levels of coverage with some plans include a discount on IUDs or a lower cost for insertion the range of cost what does that look like so in Israel it can be a few hundred shekel to get IUD contraception to get IUD placed for birth control if a woman's getting it for heavy bleeding closer to menopause um, then that's actually included in the basket so this conversation doesn't exactly apply to that and we'll cover that a little bit more later too In the United States, they range from free to a few hundred dollars, but in either case, Israel, the United States, keep in mind that it's a one-time purchase that can last a woman for many years. So, you know, start dividing it month by month and it gets to be a more reasonable cost. Where and when are IUDs put in and how are they taken out? iud's are put into the uterus through the cervix what i like to call the donut hole of the cervix no additional holes need to be made it's basically an extra uncomfortable speculum exam if you could believe that that's possible sometimes you'll be prescribed a medication to soften the cervix beforehand and you might be advised to take motrin to help with any cramping any pain or discomfort is usually limited to just a few minutes with insertion though some women will keep continue to have cramping for the next few hours for the rest of the day. When the IUD is in place, short strings are left hanging through the cervix. Why? A couple of reasons. One, you can use those to check every month or so to make sure that the IUD is still in the uterus. And that's basically done with the same motion that a woman would use to do a badika, only without the cloth. And as we'll discuss in the next podcast, Some women stop having their periods with certain IUDs, so this is really helpful to check if an IUD is still in place, preventing pregnancy. The strings are also used to conveniently remove IUDs. When a woman is ready to have the IUD taken out, her provider gives a little tug to those strings and it usually pops right out. Sometimes the strings pull back up into the uterus when the IUD shifts around. Still not a problem for removal even though it sounds a lot trickier. Um, but when that happens an ultrasound is usually done to confirm that the IUD is in the right place once a year or so when can an IUD be put in so postpartum they're usually inserted about four to six weeks after birth but it is possible to have one put in immediately after birth if a woman isn't sure she wants an IUD at first or she can't get an appointment that quickly she can start with another form of birth control and then get it placed it's not like there's a short window of opportunity. You have to get it at four to six weeks. An IUD can be placed and removed at any part of the menstrual cycle, but it's easiest at the end of a period when the cervix is slightly open. It needs to not be within one week of intercourse, just to be sure that a woman hasn't already conceived a pregnancy. As far as NIDA goes, some postkin consider insertion to automatically make a woman a NIDA and others actually do not. There are a couple of different aspects that can cause non-menstrual bleeding on the day of insertion but generally any bleeding after that is a problem and i'll include a link on my blog from the yozot website um, in case someone wants to look over that but you should definitely talk to your rev in advance if you're planning to get an iud placed how long is an iud good for the short answer is that it's good for years the long answer varies by the type and the brand. I'm most familiar with the IUDs available in the U.S., so I can provide the best details on those. Only one copper IUD is available in the U.S., the Paragard, and while it's FDA-approved for 10 years, it's actually known to be effective for 12. With hormonal IUDs, some are good for 3 years, others will work for up to 7. This depends on how much of the hormone is put into the IUD and how quickly it's released. So different devices are designed slightly differently, even though they use the same hormone, have about the same appearance. Interestingly, they actually have different doses. So we'll talk about that more in the next episode. In Israel, there are a few copper options, including some that are not the standard T-shape and fewer hormonal IUD devices. Please visit my blog for a link to another website with more information. All right. Thanks for listening. That's going to be it for this week. Next episode, we'll discuss side effects, pros and cons of IUDs versus other methods, and compare the different types of IUDs. In my opinion, it's where the topic gets pretty interesting. For more information on this subject and other women's health-related topics, please visit Pneema Wellness at fromwomenshealth.com. Questions and feedback are always welcome.